Welcome to the Five More Minutes podcast. Hi, friends. Happy March. <laughs> no idea. And you know why I have no idea? Because we are in a pandemic. I have no idea what day it is. I have no idea what date it is. I'm just sitting here in my office. This is day 17 of quarantine. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm not in quarantine. I'm in social distancing. Um, and let me tell you, I am very thankful that I live on Bowen because if I had to live in my little like 800 square foot apartment for 17 days with no end in sight, you know? <laughs> it wouldn't look good. I mean, I already aren't wearing work. I'm, I'm already not wearing real clothes anymore. So I suspect if you're listening to this, that you're also in the middle of social isolation. And, you know, I kind of feel bad for people of the future who are listening to this like years down the road. Be like, I want you to think back to that time when you were in pandemic mode, sitting there looking, can't leave the house, gas is cheap and there's nowhere to go. I don't know, maybe I'll just go drive my truck around the island. Although no, I shouldn't because the earth is also really recovering. Regardless, I'm kind of in that space where kind of like the first two weeks, I was just like, oh man, this is the best. I'm going to social isolate every year in March. I'm getting so much work done. But now I'm just at the fact where I'm just like, oh, okay, let's just do the routine again. Wake up. Although I have to say, I have to say that um, early in this social distancing pandemic space that I'm in right now. Um, I was sitting on the patio. It was a really sunny day. Remember those early days of March when we started this? Um, it was really sunny and I'm sitting outside and I'm like, oh, this is the greatest. Uh, that lasted for about four days. But during those four days, I was just like, you know, people are really, you know, out there. They, they want to they connect. So a lot of people were like downloading Zoom and figuring out how they could do virtual connection. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to start a book club. And at first it was just kind of one of my wild ideas that I just get in the night but what it's kind of turned into is like this really essential like form of connection that I have really benefited from and about 200 other people are really benefiting from and so if you haven't you haven't heard about it or seen it what's happening is um we're reading the book uniquely human by Barry Prezant um which is a it's uh Prezant sorry Prezant and he uh, it's a book about how to uh, re-understand autism and what I really like about it is that it's really framing autism from a strength-based perspective which if you know me at all you know is very very important to me um and so we're just reading uh like little like maybe like half a chapter a day and we meet every morning and um, my original plan was for it to be like little 10 minute check-ins but let me tell you we're lucky if we finish in an hour because there's just so much to talk about and what kind of turned what, what kind of started as like this you know professional development activity has turned into a really really nice time to connect and people are kind of like joining in and asking questions and people are starting to connect with each other and it's really created a nice routine for me as well so I'm really I'm really gracious and thankful for the people who are meeting with me every morning and you know like today is March oh I looked March 30th and we're planning on doing this you know until this ends so if you're listening to this and are interested um the book is uniquely human and we're only on chapter four so you know and we, we don't read super super fast um and so yeah no go get it and join us we're on Instagram live every morning at 9 a.m 
and that's uh pst time so that's vancouver time and so depending on where you are i know because schools are not in, in instructional session there's a lot of teachers and support staff and you know just families who are still looking for like they still have to work right even though it's distance and so some people are actually putting book club as a part of their professional development plan for the next couple of months so why not right we've had some good laughs one day a piece of snot flew out of my nose like let me tell you this is real life i'm also like showing everybody my hats every day and my lovely hat collection that i actually didn't realize was so big until i started to do these little videos so anyways if you're listening to this come on out um i'll try and kind of like recap it as we go through it but you know it's just this is kind of a nice way to connect for sure um, so for our podcast that's going to be released today or tomorrow, um, I was trying to figure out, well, I can't really leave my house and interview people. So what am I going to do? So because of days like this, uh, cousin Paul and I have kind of created like a bank of, of interviews. So I played for you one last time, which was, or the one before last, which was looking at, um, going over the new book that's coming out that I'm working very, very hard on appreciating this time to do. Um, but the next one we thought was a really good one, which is in the bank of interviews is I was really curious and I asked Paul one day and I'm like you know cousin Paul you haven't really been a part of the inclusive education world uh you know like he you know is just a brand new parent he has a little guy has you know school hasn't really been on on his brain he does have a pretty like you know a, a story of his own schooling experience and both him and I grew up in the same province in the same kind of education system when we both really struggled and so him kind of working on all these projects with me he's like you know I've really learned a lot through this process about kind of education systems and and really how to be an advocate as a parent and I'm like, you know, that might be a really good podcast. So the podcast that we're going to share for you today is, um, if you remember last time Paul interviewed me, this time I'm actually actually interviewing Paul and asking him what are some of his big learnings um, from working together for the past three years. And, uh, and you know, it, it was really fun to hear him because I think he represents a really good kind of outside perspective of someone who's not actually in the education field, but someone who's been around. He's producing all these videos and finding visuals and you know, um, editing all these podcasts. So he's, he's being exposed to all this information. And so I think it's, uh, it's a, he's a really good example of a lot of the people that are in our lives that aren't necessarily living inclusive education, but kind of what we hope for them to, you know, acquire over time about how to best support um, all kids in schools and, you know, really reach out and advocate for those kids that need us the most. So I'm going to stop talking. Uh, so we can listen to um, Paul and I's call, Paul and me, Paul and I, I and Paul, our conversation, and then uh, and then we'll do a little bit of review at the end. But yeah, I hope that you're uh, <laughs> keeping yourself together. Maybe I'll just put some real pants on just to feel a little bit more normal. I mean, seriously, I have morning pajamas, afternoon pajamas, and nighttime pajamas. Like. Is, is this necessary? Maybe it is. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to stop. Uh, have a listen to the interview, and I will uh, chat with you on the other side. Okay, see you in a minute. Cousin Paul, you're back. Hello, hello. I'm here. I know. You know, you're becoming, you're our first regular guest. I think this is number three. This is number three. Yeah. But you know what's so funny is that, like, you're so much more than regular. You're right. here all the time. And I edit all the podcasts. <laughs> I know, so you're so kind I'm of like... silently in every you're episode. You're silently always there. So, Paul's back. I'm here. We're back. And, you know, we were thinking, like, okay, so Paul's actually really good. We were, we were thinking, about like, how can we bring Paul in? Because you're so insightful. 
I, I try. Try. I observe. <laughs> yeah. Silently. Silently. From the back, from the shadows. <laughs> from the shadows. That sounds creepy, but uh, yeah. Non-creepily watching from the shadows. Watching from the shadows. Totally. I'm Learning. Reading, I'm reading your comments. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching seeing. Watching the stats. Watching the stats. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know me, I'm Shelly's cousin, Paul. Uh, I live in the New Jersey, kind of New York City area. area. And uh, I, <clears throat> I shoot and edit the videos yep. and behind the scenes guy. Behind the scenes edit these podcasts and uh, yeah. So he, here this we are. Paul. We started this a long time ago. I'm sure this is year. Th- this is year two. Year two. Well, we started with actually the, the, with bowling, the bowling video. So this is kind of like that was 2016, and then this is our second season of our podcast YouTube extravaganza. Exactly, and yeah. actually, it's kind of funny. It, like we're getting to a point where I could see where people don't even know what the bowling video is. You know what? Actually, it was I actually asked people in the crowd the other day. I'm like, you know the bowling video, and they're like, no, no. But that was like four years ago. Right. That was a long time. Why don't you actually tell that story? Because the bowling video. Yeah. Just for anyone. Oh, who's, well, just yeah, yeah, really quick. I just just started my PhD program, and there was a contest to create a video of your research in under three minutes. That was a story from the government. For, yeah, it was because because I, I have a it's called a shirk funding, which is um, funding for your PhD program, and so I received shirk funding. And so this was open to anyone who received funding. It's actually really smart. It's like free marketing for them. And I, so I said, Paul, I'm like, Paul, this is the best project, free project, so good. I'm like, if we win, I'll split the prize with you. And uh, and so, but we hadn't learned anything yet. Like I hadn't learned about scripting. Right. So we did a six-hour video, and Paul knocked it down to three minutes. Three minutes. And it was very we, difficult. And yeah, we ended up winning the whole competition nationwide. Yeah, and the video has how many views now? One hundred seventy thousand. That's crazy. Not unreal. It's crazy. I know. So th- so if you're not sure, it's it's very easy. Just type in Shelley Moore bowling. It's it's all over the internet. But that was kind of like the coming out party. That was the kickoff. It totally was. So that's great. So. Whenever I get an idea to be like, oh, this is what I could talk to Paul about, I'm like, okay, so next time I'm in New Jersey, me and Paul are going to have a little conversation. And so I'm in New Jersey now. We're just doing some filming of content. And I was like, Paul, you know what would be a really good episode? Because before this education endeavor, like really all you had about knew about education was your own experience. Exactly. In education. And so I was yeah, curious. Yeah, because I'm not a teacher. Totally. Like yeah. you're I, don't have, I didn't dude. have kids. So. Right. At the time, yeah. Right. And so then I'm like, I should talk to Paul about kind of like what he's learning through this process. Because I think it's a, you're a really good example of just kind of like an average person. Right. You know, like what are the kind of the big ideas of inclusion? So I'm going to I want to talk to you today about like all this stuff behind the scenes and the videos and the podcast. Like, what are you pulling from this is, is really my my big wondering today. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, but before, wait, before you start. Yes. There's also something that is significant about right now in the timing of your life. Yes. Also in response to this, and that is that you are... I'm a dad. You're a new dad. A so new dad. You Just had a baby Felicia, boy. Like, um, like four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, yeah. His name's Samson. Little He's Samson. Very sweet. He so looks exactly he like looks Paul. Exactly oh like Oh my goodness. It's crazy. There's baby pictures. It's crazy. You can't even tell the can't difference. Can't even tell the difference. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting thing, I think, yeah. too, to apply to what I've learned about uh, inclusion and why mm-hmm. I think the conversations and content we're making um, is more and more important to me personally, just because I know that that's a crossroads. Like, you know, the being conversations co- you yeah, may being have to aware be aware of, of. Yeah, education. Totally. And I kind of wish that more parents 
we're aware of this, regardless of if their kids have needs or need sure. support, right? So I'll kind of add, that's an interesting thing to say, because I think just from a outsider perspective, um, seeing all, a lot of parents in the communities we mm-hmm. live in anywhere, wherever you are, I think we have this really weird view of uh, just for the uh, like a, a family, they're... Mm-hmm their only concern with education is the end goal of getting into a great college. Right. right? Or university. Or yeah, university. Totally. And, and so that's the end game, right? It's Which like, is oh. so not the end game anymore. Well, what's honestly, yeah. my question is, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so my, my experience so far has just been like, I look at a lot of people and that's mm-hmm. their only concern. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you so narrow? There's, yeah. It's, it's not what that's not. That's it's not, not important. It's not the goal. Yeah, the yeah. The thing that's important is is developing, you know, healthy people. Mm-hmm. And so that's... That contribute the, and yeah, grow and, and learn. But even more so, feel good about themselves. Yeah. Because if you don't... If you're alive and you don't feel good about mm-hmm. yourself... You, you don't feel good about yourself, then mm-hmm. you get the sense of what's the point of being alive. And it doesn't matter if you're in university or not. No, I know so yeah. many people who went to Ivy League schools mm-hmm. who are miserable people. Because that doesn't make you a better person. Totally. It doesn't make you a more whole mm-hmm. person or a happy person. Yeah. And I hope I'm not offending anyone by saying that. No, but no, but I think it's interesting too because like like we grew up in Canada, right. right? We both grew up and went to school in Alberta. And, you know, often when we do these videos, like both of us will look at each other and be like, Oh man, like I wish we were taught this way. Sure. Right. right? And I don't think this is uh, this is an educational story specific to Alberta. It's it's so was the time. Like sure. the eighties and nineties were like the standardization right. mecca. Oh right. Gosh, yeah. And so and so this is kind of my first question for sure. you. So thinking about a lot of the content that we've been producing. Yes. If you were to kind of think about some of those kind of the big ideas you're pulling from there. Like, how does that or not align with your own schooling experience? Right. That's, that's, that's interesting. I think every video we do or podcast or anything we make, I always refer to my own experience. Mm-hmm. Just that's, so you, that's the what you know. Thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think a lot about growing up um, in a system that maybe wasn't great for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just... I'm a really creative person and I think the time that I was in elementary school and middle school and high school uh, being creative was a very misunderstood thing. It wasn't thing. valued. It wasn't valued. No, yeah. um, I grew up being told if, <laughs> if, if you're not going, if your goal isn't to be an engineer, mm-hmm. then you're basically kind of worthless. Like, and, oh, and, I remember that, yeah. You know, and a lot of people I know that grew up in the same time as me say like their only options were becoming nurses or teachers yep. or engineers yeah and it was just a really doctors lawyers yeah, like like yeah the, yeah and, and it's <clears throat> it's shooting for those things and and that's fine that's it's yep. actually good to that's encourage your path kids. great exactly yeah and that's awesome and um and that's fine but for me i, I was a really creative kid mm-hmm. i you know a musician I played, and, a musician yeah. i played with cameras uh and i had uh I had skill sets that weren't applicable to what the norm was. Was defined as success at the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of teachers, I think, viewed me as kind of a a waste of their time Mm -hmm. because I didn't fit in that mold. Mm -hmm. And so I think when when we do these videos and we're talking about, you know, seeing the needs of students and how can we, you know, think through what's best for them their strengths or their strengths and, mm-hmm. and, and using their strengths to kind of fill the gaps between between their stretches uh I, i'm just like oh my gosh why couldn't 
why couldn't I have been growing up now? Yeah. Because I think I would have ended up, I don't actually, that's not fair. I would have probably ended up in the same place, Mm -hmm. but I might have hated myself less. Well, and I think this is so interesting because like you and I have talked about how you and I have very similar feelings about our educational experience, how we just didn't feel like we fit, you know? And um, I remember like I had a unique experience in middle school that many people know where the school that I went to was, was kind of shifted to align with kind of like the middle school pedagogy of how grade six to nine kids learn, which is very different than high school, right? Right. Like if you work in middle school, you know that they're not just small 17 year olds, right? Right. Like kind of that 12 to 14, they're different, they're different breed of human, right? So much happens in those So much happens. And so the school really set up to meet the specific needs of middle schoolers. And I got to go to the school and it changed my life. And it's because it wasn't just my needs as a person, but my developmental needs also as a human. Right. And I totally thrived. And I remember that, those two years were the years that I kind of felt that I, like, that I was smart. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Maybe sure. not in the same way as other people, but, I, I, like, I always was like, I can't do it. I'm dumb, I'm dumb, I'm dumb, is what I always thought. Right. And, like, school's not for me. Right. But that was the first time that I'm just like, oh, you know what? Maybe just that type of school isn't for me. But I didn't even know the difference, right? Right. And so that was a big turning point for me. But then the other turning point for me was in grad school because this whole university conversation, my undergrad was awful. I mean, talk about (laughs) standardization and assimilation. Like, the goal was everyone needs to be the same. There's, you know, we were in lecture halls with 500 people. Like, I was a number. I meant nothing, right? And so, I mean, I I still can't believe I got through that. But there was a turning point for me in my master's program where it goes back to the small cohorts. People can learn in different ways. Right. And that was, so I'm like 27 at the time. And at that point in time, I'm like, wait a second. I'm smart, but I also have a contribution to make. And I'm like, why did I have to wait until I was 28 to realize <laughs> a that I'm not broken? Right. B, you're capable. I'm capable. That's yeah. a good word. And C, that I have something to offer. Right. I'm like, there's no reason why kids can't feel that from day one. Right. And being an individual is fine. That's good. It's, it's, it's actually good. What it's we good. Need, right. And you know, and if you think about people that I know who are really successful, mm-hmm. they're not just the doctors, lawyers, and engineers. Are the people who actually are thinking outside the box. Right. 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 Yeah. And isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Because I I truly believe, and I, I've been told it the whole time in school, is that, especially in high school, mm-hmm. um, is that if you don't fit into this cookie cutter yeah. system, you won't be successful. You won't be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to made think that uh, you're, you know, I, I was less than, I, I share a story. I shared a story with Shelly yesterday, actually, when we were kind of sitting down planning mm-hmm. to talk about this stuff. And I had an instance in high school with a teacher who kind of bullied me. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like me as a, a person. It turns out she didn't, but she had my brother two years before, mm-hmm. my older brother in her class. And she didn't like him for some reason. I'm not sure right, why. Right. But she had taken it upon herself to not like me then. And right. she basically pulled me aside after a class once and told me I was worthless, that I would never succeed, that I should never yeah. consider going to university or college. It's so that, sad. Yeah, and that, yeah. Uh, that I just wasn't worth anything. And I just think, like, you know, you hear a lot about, like, kind of the bullying story, which I really believe in which mm-hmm. is you know if if someone acts like that it's probably because they're having a really hard life or of whatever course. the reason of but course. at the same time like what a huge reminder that 
like you remember that how many years later oh sure and, like and that changed how you perceive yourself forever oh for sure and that's you know? why i said earlier like i probably would have got through school without hating myself so much yeah and i in retrospect i can look back and i know she was an unhappy person mm-hmm. um i saw her once outside of the school setting mm-hmm. i think at a store and I kind of had an epiphany being like, oh, maybe it's not me. That's right, 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 right. But, like, teachers, like, we're powerful people. Very like, powerful. Like, what we say and how we treat people and how we believe that people are capable affects the people, the kids that we're working with, right? Right. And, you know, there's a there's a saying in the world of disability, like, or a belief, like, do you presume competence? Like, do you believe that your kids are competent? Like, do you believe that they can learn? And I've never met a person who says, no, I don't believe it, but our actions towards kids communicate whether we believe they're competent or not, right? And And that will change. Totally. It changes how we talk to kids. It changes our expectations of kids. It changes our interactions with kids. And we notice. Like, we we notice. And I think it's a very... One thing that I'm really learning from this inclusion journey is that, you know, this is so much bigger than disability, first of all, but second of all, it's, you know, are we aware as adults of how we are responding to the kids in front of us? Oh, totally. And so it's funny you say that because, well, with what you had said earlier, too, is that, you know, you're in grad school and you're figuring out, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm competent, I'm capable of doing this thing. And I think, I think when I grew up, it was a time where it's just, if you don't, you know, get your Scantron. Oh, the Scantron. If you, you know, there were times where I was so depressed and I I struggled with anxiety Mm -hmm. and I didn't know it then and I was having panic attacks in the bathroom. It just so wasn't talked about at the time. No, it wasn't at all. But, uh, you know, the T, you know, that, you know, handful of teachers that were just kind of mean people or Mm -hmm. I I didn't fit into their mold, uh, you know, it would stress me out so much that the tests meant nothing to me and I believed I Mm -hmm. was going to end up being a ditch digger and if you're a ditch digger i'm sorry that's bad well it's (laughs) just no but it's like this expectation that you know well because i mean and and, like from the teacher's perspective too like in alberta in the 90s yeah that was the role of teachers was to sort and classify i mean right even to this day there's still many streams in high school that organize kids by ability right yes so i mean like from this teaching perspective you're you're basically trying like we're taught to weed kids out right which is great if you're in the top Oh, in the sure. top stream but sure. you know there's there's so much research to show that in streaming only the top kids benefit from that yes, right totally. so if you're like paul or i where we weren't in the top stream we yeah. were in the 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 cast off streams right. multiple times down you know when you were working with educators where they think their job is to figure out what stream you're in right you lose the kid as a person oh sure and it's funny you say that so i i shared the last time last podcast i was on i shared an example of of that and that so i was a very artistic kid drawing right was yeah. big. when i was very little i took my parents video camera and i did stop motion animation like i had no clue what i was doing but it was something yeah, i yeah. imagined i saw it in my brain and so i wanted cool. to create it and uh so we were doing writing mm-hmm. and the teacher didn't like how i was making the shapes of my letters right, right and so she had to put me in with a you know she i had to be taken out of the all class. the other kids i can't write yeah, yeah. and <laughs> And what she didn't realize is that the reason why I was drawing the letters to not to her standards was mm-hmm. because I was trying to make the letters beautiful. Right, right. Because that's what mattered to me. That's mm-hmm. how my brain works mm-hmm. is I try to make things beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, and you do. And <sighs> if, I just wish, I wonder where, yeah, yeah. where I would be or if maybe my confidence would have been mm-hmm. better or not so... Uh, 
caused so much anxiety if the teacher had taken note of that and been like, yeah. oh, this... And allowed, like, and allowed to notice. Allowed to yeah, notice it yeah. and encourage me to use those strengths in that and then also teach me like, oh, this is why you don't want that. Right, or, right, you know, right. Like maybe, or when you can do that and when you don't want to do that. Like, exactly. You know, maybe don't do like the floral letters on your passport application. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Practical, exactly. Yeah, totally. So it, it, it was, a, education was a funny thing for me. And yeah. so in this project that we've been working on, it gives me so much joy in knowing that, mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe maybe this could change some things for mm-hmm. the future in that, oh, people don't have to go through uh, situations that cause anxiety or stress yeah. or depression. Because well, and if you look at kind of one of the biggest concerns in schools today is this rise of anxiety and depression. Sure. And it's it makes so much sense because as yeah. kids get more diverse and we're trying to, like, shove them into these boxes like no wonder no wonder kids have anxiety right okay well this kind of leads nicely into this kind of next question about you know you know you your experience as a student and now you're a dad with this little guy who's going to be growing up not even in the canadian system but the american system you know what how how does kind of the content that we're working through like how is that shaped or influenced in terms of advocacy as a father right so it's kind of a two-part to that first let's go back two years ago a, a good mm-hmm. friend of mine mm-hmm. his his little boy was diagnosed he was on the spectrum mm-hmm. and uh and their school system mm-hmm. didn't offer sufficient um support or support resources, or yeah. resources for kids with autism their their idea was segregation mm-hmm. and and it just, happens all over the world yeah, yeah and and it's funny he uh he took measures legally mm-hmm. to fix that problem. Which is so sad because often, like, that's what you have to do. Yeah, and it, it was it was a fight. Oh, like, I bet. Like, it was such a fight for him. So while he's going through this, we're working on this, yeah. and I'm gaining more understanding about uh, inclusion and what it means to, mm-hmm. you know, think differently on education. And it was funny because I thought just during that from an outsider perspective of, of my friend, my dear friend who's going through hell with his, you know, school district and mm-hmm. all that, is that like, hey, maybe this could be different someday. Right. Maybe the perspective could be, instead of it being like, to get the help you need, you, you have, have to, to, go to, court to go to court and yeah. have the means to go to court. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, more often than not, people don't have those means. Absolutely. And they don't have the time to fight for their kids and they just have to sit and take it. Yeah. And it sucks. And so many parents do and it's heartbreaking. And all yeah. the parents, if you're listening to this and you're going through that, I feel for you. Mm-hmm. As someone just, like, I can't imagine what mm-hmm. you go through. Like, what a crappy thing mm-hmm. to go through. And and especially my heart goes out to parents like that because, like... Yeah. This is basic. Like, this is public education. Like, yes. Basics. 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 And, and it's, you just want what's best for your kids. Yeah. And so, fast forward to now... Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I have a son and it's been wild. Uh, he's four weeks old, but the nine months leading up to it, you know, having so many conversations with people and, you know, uh, everyone's so concerned of the health of your baby and this, mm-hmm. that. And, you know, it, it makes me think so much like no matter what or who this kid ends up being, mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to love him no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I only hope that the system loves him as yeah. much as... Yeah. I love him. There's a, an advocate, um, Dan Habib, 
who has a son with a disability and, and he does videography. I should actually show you, probably really appreciate it. And he uh, creates, he created this whole video of his son going to school, right? Okay. And now he's in college and a huge self-advocate. But, you know, I think, I think it was him. Yeah, yeah, because I was at a conference and I was listening to him speak and he says, you know, like, I'll never apologize for advocating for the rights of my kid. But also he says, like, we're sending our best kid to school. Like, yeah. this is the best version you know what i mean sure, like right. we love these kids exactly as they are like yeah. please continue that when i'm not around right. you know and to think that you know families are sending us their babies oh, you know yeah. like it, it's like we deserve they de like parents deserve the the state of mind to know that their kids are loved as much as they are at exactly home, right yeah. and, and and you know what and i think you know I believe that most teachers, like, we're good, we're good people, you know? Right. Oh, sure, like, definitely. We, we understand and believe in a lot of these things, right? Yeah. And, you know, the more that I do this work, the more that I realize, like, it's, people, people understand why this is important. Mm -hmm. But I know we've talked about this in other podcasts, like, but sometimes we lose track of that why because we don't know what to do. Right. And there's it, a gap. There's a gap. And gaps are scary. Gaps are scary. Yeah. Gaps are hard. <laughs> and kind of when we don't know what to do, we push back. And it looks like we, we're losing the kid when we do that, right? right so it right. kind of puts us educators in a very vulnerable position right. to be like, it's it, to know it's okay that you don't know, right? Right? It's okay that we need to work together. It's okay we need to advocate. But at the end of the day, those kids are just are just kids like anyone else. Yeah, and they're in, right? they're so innocent. There's this uh, there's this picture my parents have of me as a kid, and it's it's kind of like the last time before I struggled at school. Um, and I look at it sometimes and I, I always think like, oh, like, I wonder, I wish I could go back and understand what I understand now about who I am. Uh, because I would have, as a, you know, as an adult, I, I think about it, I'm like, I would have fought for different things. I would have mm -hmm. pushed to be different even more. Uh, but when you're in school and you're taught that you're wrong oh, because yeah. you're different. It's all you know. It's all you know, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's a funny thing. I think with me having Samson, I just hope that when he, he, we get to the time of him going to school that I can support him the best mm -hmm. I can just to believe in who he is and mm -hmm. what he wants to become. His and strengths and his and interests. Strengths. And yeah, and, and I want And just, it's never wrong to be who you are. It's never wrong yeah. to be who you are. That's totally. absolutely, because we are who we are mm -hmm. and life's hard. Yeah. Life's really hard. No matter who you are, life is hard. No. And school, like thinking about all the things that kids and families are negotiating right now, like school can't also be a place of crisis. Yes. I totally agree. Right? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Ready? I want you to think about our kind of our journey since 2016. Okay. Okay. If you were to pull out one or two kind of big ideas or kind of like takeaways that it's almost like things you can apply to any setting in the world, mm -hmm. right? Things that you're going to be like, I'm going to put this in my pocket. These are becoming kind of like principles. One or two, what would you say? Well, first off is just... Uh, the end of average was a big it was a great one just because yeah. we grew up in a time where standardization yeah the airplane just, the airplane one the airplane yeah yeah one. yeah, with yeah, Todd Rose, yeah. yeah it, it's such a big deal and it was so uh, it's so hard so I would say that that would be the one thing is that we are all different and that's okay and that's okay yeah that's a good one it is a good one because yeah. it's universal to life too totally um I in my job now so I direct 
um, a lot of commercial work for companies, mm -hmm. stuff that goes on TV, and I'll have a crew, mm -hmm. and I'm managing a crew to accomplish a job. And I, I think understanding that we're all different, especially in the creative field of what I do now, mm -hmm. is that leaning into people's strengths. So yeah. I, have, I have a team that I work with where I manage people, and I can lean into their strengths more. Mm -hmm. uh, but in a way that understanding their competencies yeah. better. So that's that's the big thing is that we're all different. We all have these different strengths. And so as a manager of people or a director of people, I want to give people the right vehicle yeah. to do that. So on a set, if I know one person's great with, say, you know, they're, they're better at X, Y, and Z, I will have them do that because then they can succeed and they can yeah. feel good and confident about yeah, themselves. Because yeah. I never had that. Like totally. I only learned yeah. when I was, I think, twenty-seven, that I That's was actually like good at we had, anything. Totally, and you know, I think I always kind of chuckle a little bit, like you know how you're talking. It's like you're running a business. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like sure. you're you're managing a team, and I'm like, if education was a business, we would have gone out of business oh. <laughs> so long ago. Right. We were losing all our clients. We're not responding. We're not sure. changing. We're not evolving. And I'm right. like, no, enough. Right. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. And and it's a funny thing because I think. What I do, I, I have the people, people don't know it. So every year I make a list of uh, usually like three people that uh, I hire and I mentor them without them knowing. Oh, cute. And so, <laughs> but I do it so I can yeah. help them get something that I didn't have. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I have a, a couple mentors that actually really did this for me. Mm -hmm. But I, what I want to do is, is help them realize they're succeeding mm -hmm. because we live in a world that is full of, you can't, you didn't do oh, good enough. So Even if can't. you do something great, you still feel this sense of like, oh, that's just a one shot. So I have yeah, these, yeah. I usually have three people that I I call once a week. Yeah. I don't text them, I call them. I want to connect, see yeah. how they're doing. You know what's so funny? It reminds me of there's a strategy um, that is often used in school where like uh, an adult will be challenged it's called two by 10. Okay. And it's an adult and you kind of take this challenge, two by 10 challenge, and you choose a kid in, in your context, school or in your classroom, mm -hmm. where you know you're having a hard time reaching them. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like either they've shut down, or there, maybe there's some challenging behavior, but you don't have that rapport. Sure. And often these are the kids that are the least like us, right? right? Like we connect great with kids who are like us. Sure. You know who make their little printing letters just like us. Yeah. We love those kids. And so this strategy is that you commit to a two-minute conversation for ten days in a row. Okay. But you can't talk about like education or performance sure. or, you know what i mean like you have to it has to be truly inquisitive about experience experiences their life, life. Sure, you sure. know finding commonalities yeah and every person who does this challenge by the end of the 10 days yeah like they just cannot believe how much they know about this kid that they didn't sure you know yeah. and how the how not only the perception of the kid changes but how the kid changes in response to that person, right? Right. right. And I think it's 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 kind of what you're saying. It's like, so funny. That's exactly what. That's I do. exactly it. And so yeah. you're trying to be like, rather than trying to get these people to be like you, right? It's making the effort to say, I'm going to learn and listen about you, sure, and see how that actually changes me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny because yeah. I usually I usually pick people that aren't like me. Yeah, totally. Um, but who have a similar uh, struggle, or I see something in their yeah. path, like. Um, so I, everything I do is it's freelance. Mm -hmm. Everyone I hire is contractors, and so I'll 
sometimes I'll notice people who just need, they don't need to be freelancers. They need to get a, like a full-time like, right, right, regular right, right, paycheck right. job. And so my hope for them is I help them find oh my goodness. good paying yeah, regular yeah. <laughs> jobs. And so, uh, you know, recently it's happened twice this year where I, I help place someone um, and I use my network to mm-hmm, help, help them, them find out. jobs. And it's great because it helps their families. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I love it uh, because they don't realize it. Right. But, uh, so I think, but I think part of this attitude has come from the, the inclusion idea in that, mm. like, Hey, let's, let's help people. Help like, each I, other. Yeah. A lot of people work with me and they want to learn what I do, mm-hmm. uh, because I do a very specific thing yeah. in the, in the film world Yeah. for like corporations and whatnot. And, and so they want to learn. And part of me teaching them is, is figuring out their competencies right which may not be the same as yours which is totally never and the it, same and it just comes back to this idea that like just because you don't do x doesn't mean you're not going to be happy and successful exactly so what if school was x y and z sure and abcd like all you know like what if there were so many options where it's rather than us trying to funnel them to this one destination being like where can we help find kids find their place right to be happy and, and successful whatever that is and that's the thing yeah. is helping you know, helping kids find their place. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I honestly, I wish, I wish I had had that mm-hmm. in, in high school. Yeah. Because and I think it's hard, too, because I think there's a lot of teachers who do believe this, and they try and do it, right? Yes. But, like, when the actual infrastructure of education is designed to actually prevent that from happening right? right it's 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 so i think it, and i felt like this too like it's so frustrating even as a teacher sometimes like even if you want to do it yeah there's you can't, no system you know to like like i remember when i was teaching in high school i'd be like yes i value all your strengths and diversities and then they go write this standardized exam yeah. and it's like well you're better than you and you're like ah, you right. know and so you know this is really about not just like trying to get people to change but to also get people to advocate to change the infrastructure that's allowing it to happen in the first place, right? right? Like there has to be systems in place so that this this ranking and this systematizement of streams and ability, like there's so there's this this can be tackled at every level of education from the classroom to the school to the district. And so I can appreciate like at an individual level it's such a good example. Right. Right. And then to be like, well what would that look as an upscale? What would that look as an administrator to their teachers. Sure. What would that look like from a district to the administrators? What would that look like right. from a province to districts, right? Like how do you find these pockets of strength and help schools and districts and class, like every level of education to say, what are your competencies? Right, right. How do we harness those so that you can be successful in the place where you are? Right. As opposed to everyone in the province the same needs thing. to do the same thing yeah whether it's, you're so, admin teacher you know like we do it from every level oh every level it's, yeah. it's funny so uh we had we, you talk about my sister's little girls a yeah lot. yeah they, they're five years old the twins Lisa and, Layla. Lisa and Layla and so they came over like three days ago to meet my four-week-old son mm-hmm. they're very excited and they both came up to him and said, introduced themselves and said, hi, I'm Liesl, I'm yeah. your big sister, big sister, which was yeah. super cute because, <laughs> yeah, they're cousins. But, um, but I asked Layla and I asked Liesl specifically, I said, what do you want to teach Samson? And Liesl said, you know, well, I'm going to be a, I think she wants to be a paleontologist. Paleontologist, yeah, that's her thing she right says, now. She says, so I'm going to help you, him search for dinosaur Dinosaurs, eggs. Dinosaurs, yeah. <laughs> And I loved that. It's so good. I was just like, you, it's so good. I said, girl, you, you can be whatever you want. You do, you do that. And, 
she's gonna have to move to Drumheller. You know what? There are oh. some great dinosaurs in Drumheller. Canada Drum. Go <laughs> Google Drumheller people. Yeah, and uh, and then Layla, who's just the most gifted artist. Like oh, she's, she's amazing, but so different. Like her and Lisa are, are so different. Completely different. Yeah. But I, she said, "I'm gonna teach Samson how to draw and color." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, mm-hmm. like, what does that look like? And she said, well, I'm going to be an artist. And it's funny because I was just like, to have the freedom as a kid, but mm-hmm. also I, I just pray and hope that she keeps that, that she can always believe she can be that. what Because we say to, to kids, you can be whatever you want, but you we don't be, mean it. No. We don't mean it. The when school I was in system high, doesn't mean it. <laughs> no. I, in high school, I, you know, I was... I wanted to just create things and mm-hmm. I I remember having this itch and I didn't know what it was. I wanted I couldn't tell what it was. There was something I wasn't executing in my life that yeah. was missing. And I realize it now that it's the, the sensation I get when I finish a project, when mm-hmm. I finish like a video for a client or some sort of creative project. Or you like thread your tennis racket? Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> uh that the sense I get of accomplishing something that I wasn't getting because I wasn't doing anything that meant anything to me. Yeah. And there was no room wasn't for it. Wasn't authentic at all. No. Yeah. And so Scantrons? scantrons. Not real life? No. I gosh. haven't filled one in since. No, I'll tell you this. <laughs> uh, let's talk about scantrons. I did there was one I was so frustrated with I can't w- remember what class it was. And maybe it was English. I am like I would say I'm a pr- I'm pretty creative person. I'm a gr- uh, not a great I'm a good writer mm-hmm. I'm a great storyteller uh, and I had to do the Scantron test and I just I was so <laughs> frustrated with it because it was it was not applicable to mm-hmm. actual conceptualization of yeah. what we were doing mm-hmm. or real life even and so and I was reading Hemingway and yeah. I was like a great I was in a different place than whatever we were reading um, what was it The Outsiders no, uh, it was Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and I'm reading Hemingway and having and comprehending it fine and yeah. understanding the metaphors and the descriptors. And I'm, and then I have to do the scantron about and, and the, whatever the books that we were reading. But they just weren't challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the scantron, I was just like, I just, I had it. And I, I just filled in a random order. Yeah. And I got 85%. <laughs> You know what? I did that too, and I wished for eighty five percent, but it never worked in my favor. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I would like to be like okay, so because I was told once sure. that on Scantron, if you do the C, well, if you do the C, you want C to be number one, but you want A, B, and D to be the same number. Okay. So I would like kind of go through, do the ones that I know, which was usually about a third, and then I would be like, okay, do I have most of my C's? And I would sure. actually go back and change answers to make sure that all columns were right. evenly distributed, because. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And so I, I did the Scantron, and I thought, I read the questions, <laughs> and I wouldn't read the answers, but I thought, if I was this teacher, and I know ev- I calculated everything I knew about that teacher, so and this knew is what how... I, this is what I needed to do more of. And how tricky she was. Yes. And how vindictive she was on wanting us to all fail. No, they're all tri- it's all tricks. I was like, tricks. okay, then I do A, C, D, D, C, B, <laughs> and I did it like that, yeah, yeah. just on logic. Yeah. Logic and random. And random, yeah. and, and uh, I got in her head, and I became her. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you, that is how you beat Scantrons. Yes, and, totally. and, I, and I did, I did yeah. great. And, yeah. uh, and so it was, you know, educate, it was hard. It was hard yeah, for yeah, me yeah. because I didn't fit in the system. Yeah. You know, if I could have been in an art program or uh, 
well, somewhere just where things. I could have been challenged. Mm-hmm. I think it was, but challenged with, I, th- I think we look at education in a lot of ways where we say, oh, this kid needs to be challenged, right? You hear that a lot, All right? The time. Oh, they're, the, you know, your child's not, they're not working hard enough because they're not challenged. Mm-hmm. But the, the second side of it that no one talks about mm-hmm. is that the second side of a challenge is, is, is telling the kid, telling the child that when they are challenged and they succeed, that they've done great. Right. The that celebration part the of celebration. the challenge. Yeah. But the problem is, is that we have a lot of kids like me who weren't challenged, who maybe stopped trying because it's You never painful. got the celebration. But you never got a celebration yeah. when you did try because it was more of a, well, mm-hmm. look, yeah, see, I challenged you and I was right. Right. And you so couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I wish for, for me, just for my emotional mm-hmm. state, yeah. that it would have been different. You know, good things did come from all that. Like, mm-hmm. I have been part of, uh, like, I have a great counselor. Mm-hmm. And I am not saying that I had counseling because of education. But through Just, my stress that came from oh, high school, sure. I started in counseling when I was really young. And it's probably the best thing that ever happened yeah. to me. I love that you're still, still, still. I have the same counselor since, you're 17. since I was 17. I love that so much. And uh, he knows me better than anyone yeah. on the planet. But Everyone needs, everyone needs a person. Everyone needs yeah, a therapist. Totally. I will mm-hmm. tell you, no matter how old you are, even if you think, if you're driving your car and you're thinking, I don't need counseling. Everyone needs it. You need some counseling. Everyone needs to talk about themselves to better themselves. Someone once told me that counseling is like paying for the parenting that you didn't get when you were a kid. (laughs) And it's funny because I have amazing, my parents are the best people. They're great parents. Best parents. But no parents are perfect. Totally. But uh, I always think that's kind of funny. But if, honestly, if you don't have, if Mm -hmm. you ever think you need, that's my big thing when Mm -hmm. I talk to anyone on set, when, like, the first thing people know about me Mm -hmm. is I'll bring up therapy very casually yeah. well it destigmatizes it immediately oh sure right and especially like for guys oh for sure right? do, i can't tell you how many men have talked to me after shoots or projects mm-hmm. that i've worked on for clients where they'll be like hey could you help me find a counselor oh, cute i love that because life is hard life is life is hard life i saw a hard. meme the other day that said life is hard because it's life mm-hmm. so let's anticipate the hardness yeah. this is not the meme this is me now me thinking there you go so if we know life is hard let's anticipate it and just get a counselor <laughs> just, just get some coping counselor. strategies Ugh. Yeah, okay yourself. okay so paul bring it bring in this home yeah bring it home i'm gonna start on my podcast asking two big questions to people oh you're doing this i'm gonna do it you yeah. told me to do it i told you to do I'm this i'm gonna do it okay so first question okay if you were to capture in a sentence or a statement mm-hmm what does inclusion mean to you? What would you say? Inclusion means to me giving everyone a fair chance. That's a great one. Yeah. It I makes me that. feel a little choked up. No, seriously. Because I didn't have a fair chance. This feels so simple. So simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that reflects definitely your story too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think if, if students are given a fair chance, forget labels or yeah, what matter. anyone thinks of you are yeah. you're a human and you deserve yeah. to be treated well yeah. and you because deserve to exist without the barriers that get in the way yeah yeah because you're human right life is life, life is good yeah we're, okay we're so lucky oh life we're, is we're, awesome life is so great it's life hard is so great but it's so great yes <laughs> but i always tell people yeah. my favorite thing about being yeah. alive is living <sighs> Oh, so true. It's so true. Ugh. Okay. Second question. Yes. If you are going about your day. Okay. Because this happens to me a lot. Okay. Okay. I've had to practice this. Because often the word emotion, it's so, poli- or not emotion, the, the word inclusion, mm-hmm. it's become so associated with like, it's so with 
it's been so politicized right right and so people will just be like oh it can't happen it can't happen we don't have the resources you know what i mean like there's this immediate like guttural response it's become the the word has become contaminated to move away from this sense of like equality and equity right to this this barrier of practicality okay okay so if you have a person who stops you in the road this happens to me all the time as soon as i mention anything about inclusion or special education yeah people have an opinion oh of course about why it shouldn't happen okay <laughs> right. we believe in it but but we don't have the resources for it there's right. always a reason there's right. always a reason why we can't do this what would you say to people who say that inclusion can't happen Ooh. Interesting. What would I say to people who say inclusion can't happen? For whatever reason. For whatever reason. I would say, like, I would say it from this angle because, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's say, can I take a reason? Yeah. Like, I would say, um, Inc- say someone says inclusion can't happen and I say why and they mm-hmm. say we don't have the resources because that's probably the most common it's right? so common mm-hmm. I would say this I would say don't you think <laughs> the well-being like mentally emotionally mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. well the those the well-being of all those things all those elements is more important than any sport activity any mm-hmm. field trip mm-hmm. any uh, computer like well and it's interesting because you know of course we need resources but it kind of brings to light there's so many things we can do to use the resources we have in more inclusive ways yeah right and so i would i would just say like there's more important things Mm -hmm. that need to happen for a young blossoming person Mm -hmm. than so many things (laughs) than a scoreboard in a gymnasium right 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 right. or uh, you know what i mean all those like uh, all that noise yeah right i think of this You've seen The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I know you have. We saw it together course, when we were kids. Uh, but Simba's talking to his dad, yeah. right? And his dad's taking him around the kingdom, showing him everything, yeah. and he's teaching him, yeah. right? Like, that's... He loves him so much. You know, his his yeah. his his teaching comes from affection. Mm-hmm. And I'd just say, like, that's, that's like pretty basic animal instinct. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. We can teach each other because we love each other. Yeah. There's yeah. no... Just because we're different doesn't yeah. mean we shouldn't love each other. Well, and it's this, like, we're going to do the best we can with what we have. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean, like, there's re- there's different resources around the world. Right. But in every place I've been, there's a story where inclusion can happen. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's not, it yeah. doesn't have to be complicated, honestly. No, like, no. I think... It's, if, just, it's a commitment. Actually, yeah. I, I'm going to change my answer. Kay. I would say inclusion can happen because it's so simple. It's take a second, try to understand someone else's perspective mm-hmm. what they're going through mm-hmm. empathize and then do something about it that's it it's pretty simple yeah and that can look different for every person every person but every single person can make a commitment to that i think so and it costs nothing it costs nothing mm-hmm. if you just understand if you have a mm-hmm. great conversation with someone and you can just try to understand where they're mm-hmm. coming from it's going to change it's going to change how you react and yes. how you respond to people everything in my life that i you know ever have stood strong against or anything Mm -hmm. any change that's come positive from Mm -hmm. any of that in my life has come from conversations Mm -hmm. and having empathy and really trying to gain understanding 
because without that like then that, that's what makes yeah. us human and you can always still advocate for resources sure but you could see how if you don't come from a place of compassion and empathy and understanding it doesn't matter what the resources are. No. They're not going to be used optimally. No. Right? And they're not going to so be used with the right it heart. It can't be it can't be a gateway. It can't be gateway advocacy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, that's oh, actually a good way of putting it. If if only if only if only you fit if, in my box. Yeah. I was in a presentation the other day. Yeah. And I do my whole like spiel. Yeah. And then my host was walking me to my next session and she says, "The line you know, I've never met a person who doesn't believe in inclusion, but you know, those resources. And I'm like, that is what you got from my presentation? Right. That, that's the piece? I'm like, of course you need resources. Right. But that's not the point. Right. That is not, it's the, not point. the point. Yeah. Ugh, okay, I could go on and on. Okay, right. Paul. Shelly. Thank you. Thank you. I always love talking to you. Yeah, we always have a good time. We've been in this room all day. We have watched the sun go through the whole, like, the whole room, every window, and yeah. now it's starting to get to be dusk. Yep. And I have to go home to you my. You have to go home. I have to go my, home. You my have flights to go home. tomorrow. Fly tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, I'm home for one day. One day. Not do enough. Great with your day. You know what I'm gonna do? Analyze data. Analyze data. <laughs> and and take 15 minutes. My my advice to Shelly is. Yeah. Take 15 minutes a day to do the things you don't want to do. Because if oh. it just takes 15 minutes, any, you can give up 15 minutes and but everyone need, has 15 I need, minutes. But I need more than 15 minutes to do the things I don't want to do. No, but if you do 15 minutes a day, it spreads <laughs> it out. Fair enough. You so know that what? At, I'm going to start that today. At the end of the week, you'll uh -huh. be like, oh my gosh, I did everything I didn't want to do. It adds and, up. And adds you'll up. feel fantastic. But I'm also going to tomorrow night rent a movie oh. i'm gonna sit with my dogs i'm gonna what, get a quilt what movie you know there's so many so many good movies there's so many you know what i saw okay side note yeah jessica and i have seen three movies in a row okay and we are like like how often in the world do you see three movies that you didn't anticipate to be fantastic and they're like unbelievable so yeah right? what did you see so the first one we saw was little women okay which was a hard one because i like the Winona Judd Little Women mm -hmm. is part of our family's core oh being. Gosh. We love that movie. Every Christmas. And I'm like, I don't think I'm allowed to like any other version. Right. But I mean, I saw that and my first thought was that should have won the Oscar. Like, oh, really? It was, it was that phenomenal. Okay. Um, and then we saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I heard it was so good. Yes. I haven't seen it yet. It's so clever. Okay. I'll it's so clever. Yeah. And I didn't think I would like it, but yeah. I'm like, this is a smart movie. The director is, he's one of my favorites. Oh, unbelievable. Tika Watiti. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. And then we saw Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Beautiful day. It's so good. Tom Hanks. My, you should add these movies to your bookstore on Amazon. Oh, I'll be like, here's this here's, what I'm watching. Here's what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's great. Um, it's not a bad idea at all. The, a movie everyone should see is 1917. Isn't that the one you hated? No, no. I, I hated... Uh, Midway. Midway. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's the worst movie I've ever seen. If you ever, for anyone out there, if you played dress up as a kid and you did bad accents and mm -hmm, pretended mm -hmm. like, that's what it was watching grown ups pretend. It's like, and coming from me, I work with actors. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It was like pulling teeth. So bad. Oh, so bad. So 1917 is 1917 the one you do like. is about well, the First World War. Yeah. And it gave me great perspective on the challenges we have today mm. in that, uh, compared to the, what the world was then and how uncertain it was and how just disgusting it was, mm -hmm. uh, 
wake up tomorrow, mm-hmm. watch that movie, wake up the next day, and just be thankful we live in a world where we can have great conversations. We can sit and make podcasts. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. we live in a very different world. And mm-hmm. and it made me just appreciate life even more. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, even, like, in those situations where it's just like, okay, so there's there's always things we need to work on. Sure. But to be like, you know what? When you take a time stamp from 1917, yep, like, a hundred years, years, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. And we have... We live in a world where, yes, it's not perfect. Yeah. And yes, it's infuriating some of the things that are happening. <laughs> and we won't get into those things uh, right No, now. no. But everyone has something that makes them upset. But we live in a world where we can talk about it. We can talk about and it. And you don't have to worry. Yeah. Like, you don't have to worry about, you know. Losing your life. Losing your life. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I say that, and an argument could be like, oh, well, you do. But yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in common sense world, we, you know, we live a pretty... Yeah. Awesome existence right now. So yeah. take it in, enjoy it, yeah. <laughs> and have conversations yeah. with people about things that make you uncomfortable. Talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. And let's work it out. Let's all have some fun. Let's this figure is it awesome. out. Life let's is come good. together. Yes. Oh. Oh, that's, you know what? That is such a good way to end this episode. Because that's, that's what we're doing. We're trying to talk about it. Yeah. We're trying to talk about it, anticipate questions, figure out the hard stuff, yeah. and just keep going forward. So if, if you're out there and you're listening and you have someone in your life that, say, you're all about inclusion and someone's. Yep pushing up against you but 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 you know what enjoy those butts because you live in a world where that's okay to have that it's okay to have the butts and you can fight for what you want yeah well at least this part of the world Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can just like situate situate yourselves a little bit yeah yeah if you're somewhere that's not that way uh, we're sorry sorry. (laughs) okay paul well thank you again for sitting down with me it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Every time we're like, yeah, we'll just pump out a 15-minute, 20-minute episode. We're like, and it's like 67 yeah. minutes later. <laughs> no, but it's because you're a conversationalist. It's, I love Every time, every yes. time. Okay, Paul. Well, maybe we'll make this like a little like a tradition. Every time touch I come, base. we're going to have a touch base episode. There you go. Let's do it. Cousin Paul and <laughs> Shelly taking over. Right. Okay, everyone. Thank you. Take you. it easy. We'll see you soon. All right, bye. Isn't Paul just so cool? He's just, uh, I love talking to him. He's such a conversationalist. Um, Just listening to the interview, I'm just reminded, like, Paul is so insightful. Like, honestly, he's such a, he's such an observer and a listener, which is why he's so good at conversation. But, um, you know, just listening to him talk and connect to his own experience of education. And I think his story is really the story of many of us. And uh, which is why this work is so important. And I think, where was I? I was at a parent session the other day before all of this pandemic madness. And I'm like, you know, if this is, you know, more and more I'm hearing the story that like kids struggle through school and that school wasn't a positive experience for them. And I'm like, if this conti- like, if this is the story of so many kids, like why are we still doing these things? And one hope actually from this pandemic is that um, this is actually kind of like a reboot to education. Because if you think about it, a lot of the recommendations for continuous learning or remote learning has been to really kind of not have a really strict schedule to kind of open up, making sure kids have a lot of choice, maybe having big themes of the day, making sure that um, things are really goal-based instead of activity-driven. And um, if you think about those kind of big ideas and concepts, those are really... <laughs> how we learn and you know how it's important to teach anyway so I'm really hoping that um, because everybody is going through this structure right now in North America 
that um, that this is actually going to kind of do a restart to education and, and have us have some really good conversations about why do we do what we do and do we do what we do because that's what's been done or is that really what's best for kids? Because I'm already starting to notice some parents um, saying like my kid is thriving in this situation. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously we'd like kids to be more social, but just having the options to choose and, you know, you don't want your kids sitting at a screen all day. Well, we also don't want our kids sitting in desks all day. Like I think there's going to be some huge parallels to um, how it's best to learn in remote and distance education in a similar way of how it's how we're designing learning to happen in a classroom. And uh, I think people are, are, are having some really big aha moments. That being said, I want us to all be gentle on ourselves. This is also where we're, we're um, entering into uncharted territory of mass North American and all over the world um, distance learning and, and what that means. And so that means we're going to go easy on our kids. We're also going to go easy on ourselves. Um, give give time for creativity, time to connect, um, time to play. I, do not like I think people are just like, do not grade this stuff right now. Like this is about exploration and connection and making sure that we're connecting with our kids because that's what they need right now they need to see familiar faces um in the book that we're reading uniquely human um barry present really talks about how it's so hard when you can't even trust the world around you and uh, so for kids with autism like that's like you know already going to be um, a big a big point of, of tension and anxiety for them but really that's a point of anxiety for all of us right now like we can't leave our house and you know like even yesterday we had to go get some supplies from the store and like like all of the social rules have changed and so just thinking about some of those kids especially some of our kids with disabilities who rely on the predictability um to to, to gain control of their life that's already exemplified um or like like already high in terms of the threshold of, of fear and anxiety like creating situations um, where kids can can regain that trust of the world and and us and so you know even if that means that we're skyping in with them or giving little zoom calls asking about their day you know like let's keep it light keep it light on them especially as these first couple of weeks as they kind of get back into the swing of things because i will tell you this at the end of all of this the kids are going to be fine we're going to be fine and so do not overload yourself um, i'm also finding because this is this this pandemic is creating a, a source of stress on us um, being really productive on a day requires a lot of recovery. Like I'm finding if I have a really good day of productivity, I need like two and a half days to recover. It's exhausting because there's so much in the world that we're also negotiating. So I'm just telling you this to go easy on yourself. You know, this is everybody's story. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, what I really learned from Paul today too, is that this can be a little reboot, um, not just for ourselves, but for our schools and for our kids. And so hang in there, friends. Make sure you treat yourself to some chocolate every once in a while. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up because I think, you know, we got, we got stuff to do or not. And yeah, it's so nice to connect with you. Um, I'll be back on here with another podcast in about two weeks. I'm going to try out like a little Zoom call and see if I can do an interview virtually. Um, the audio quality isn't the best, but it's nice to just stay connected and have something to listen to in our car um, or our living room or our headphones because we can't go anywhere. Um, keep your head up, friends. Stay connected. Eat some chocolate. Take care of your body. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening to the 5 More Minutes podcast. The 5 More Minutes podcast is produced by Shelley Moore and Paul Madsen. That's me. You can find 5 More Minutes on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and wherever you find your podcasts. 
Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And we'll see you next time.